the follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. Welcome back to the follow-up. We appreciate you all watching on VocalNow.com, listening on Vocal's app, also on iTunes. I'm Noah. My co-host is my five-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Eden, and we've got a special guest today. Our special guest today is my kindergarten teacher, Miss Amy. Hi. How did you decide to be a teacher? How did I decide to be a teacher? I think it was when I started lining all of my toys up when I was younger as to be my students. So I realized then, I think I really want to be a teacher because I loved playing school from as early on as I can remember. That sounds pretty familiar. Yeah, yeah you, you did that a lot when you were really little mm -hmm. and you still do with, with all of your stuffed animals. So oh, you just, yeah. so you decided to, you wanted to be a teacher at that age, but when did you really decide to dive into that as a career? Probably my second year in college. I was really indecisive as to what I wanted to study. I thought about journalism, maybe, um, law, and then I took one education class and I was like, I got to have to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I just love the idea of working with young students, especially kindergarten age. So probably when I was around 19 years old. So you, so the years that you've been a kindergarten teacher with the kids you've had, have your styles of teaching changed? That's a really great question. My styles of teaching actually have changed because the first two years at the River School, I was actually in our ICT classroom, which is a classroom that has two different teachers. So I was doing lots of very different types of teaching, lots of small groups. Um, yeah, so it has changed quite a bit from small groups systems to larger groups. How did you land on kindergarten? It's funny, when the River School started, they thought they were going to need a second grade teacher and they were going to hire me for second grade, but it turned out they needed a kindergarten teacher instead. And I never had kindergarten experience before. And I was like, okay, sounds great. And it just worked out perfectly. I never wanted to look back ever since. <laughs> well, so how did you keep learning when you still have to teach us? So when I go to the, when those days when I'm not in school and I'm going to meetings. Hmm. So our school, and it's thanks to the PTA, the parents that are involved, they get to send us to professional developments at different universities where we're learning all about our curriculums, like our reading and writing and the best ways to teach you guys. So our school has those built-in days where we get to go study outside of the classroom. Are there certain challenges that present themselves being a kindergarten teacher in New York City that you don't think other teachers around the country would face? Yeah, um, number one, probably just, I think, how diverse we are in New York City and all of the different languages that the people in our classrooms speak. Being a teacher of a multilingual community can definitely be very challenging, making sure that all the kids have access to the curriculum that we're teaching. Mm -hmm. How close are you to the other teachers in the school? How closely do you all work together? Well, now during remote learning, we work extremely close together. Um, but during the regular school year, we still are collaborating 
we talk every single day, but we have at least one planning period per week where we are all sitting together and reflecting on our past lessons and planning future lessons. But remote learning looks vastly different than it did when we were in the classroom. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> what else do you have? Um, so every year, will you teach one of the same lessons that you teach that you teach the year before? Another amazing question. We like to keep a lot of the themes consistent, but after we teach a lesson, we'll put little notes in on our computer and we'll say, this went really well, or like try saying this instead. So next year when we go to teach that similar unit and that lesson, we look back on what worked well in the past and we revamp it. So for a great example of this, um, this past year with our community study, we never did that celebration that we did before. We did something very different, but we reflected on it and we were like, let's kind of change this up. So it's similar, but we change it up a little bit. Yeah, so you change them up a little bit, but you're still trying to, so you do like the same lesson, but you just change, it's like the same lesson, but you just change a few things up. Exactly, yeah. And sometimes our units do change. So the show and tell unit that we did in writing workshop, this was our second year doing it. The years before, we did a very different unit to expose you guys to nonfiction writing. How much independence do you have as a teacher to teach with your own methods? And how much is mandated by the state or the city? And this is how we're going to go about things. Another really great question. Um, so we definitely have a structure of what we need to kind of check off within the kindergarten and within every other grade. But Jessica and Daria do a really great job with allowing us to have the flexibility and trusting us that we are creating really good content for our students. But all of our curriculum is aligned to the standards within New York State and the country. So as long as we are using that curriculum, we have kind of some flexibility to get a little creative within the curriculum. Did your teachers when you were a kid inspire you to be a teacher? My first grade teacher specifically did. And I love that question because I always think to my first grade teacher and I always think to myself how I want to be just like her. Um, I learned to read in first grade. I didn't learn to read in kindergarten. It was not a kindergarten standard back when I went to school. So my first grade teacher was the one who I really felt like opened the doors of learning for me. And that's what I hope to do. Hmm. You do remember any specifics about that teacher now? Not so much. The things that I remember are very, very random. I remember that we had a bunny in the classroom. I also remembered um, when I learned to read, she was just really helpful for me. I struggled a little bit learning how to read. And I remember my friends were reading and I felt really frustrated and she was just very kind in the way she spoke to me and very compassionate. And I felt like she really cared about me. I remember my first grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Wilkie. And I think we thought she was probably like 75 years old, but I really only think she was maybe in like her mid fifties, maybe late forties. And I remember that she used to play this dinosaur record of little dinosaur character singing songs. That's really all I remember about first grade. That sounds she was fun. A nice lady. Yeah, but she was a nice lady. Anything else? So, mm -mm. no, you're good. Mm -hmm. 
You just want to thank Ms. Amy for coming on? Go Thanks. ahead. Thanks for being on. Thank you, for, thank you for having me. This is my first podcast. I'm so excited. Oh, it was really nice of Miss mm-hmm. Amy to take some time out of her day to join us. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you've missed seeing her, but it's been really nice to be able to see mm-hmm. her on the computer so much, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. 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 What do you think you like so much about Miss Amy as a teacher? Mm-hmm teaches us really good things for mm-hmm. lessons, like meaning strategies, for example, picture power. I don't know what the word, maybe it might help you to look at the picture. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. And she talked about that reading is an expectation now in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Miss Amy. Thanks mm-hmm. to you. Love you. Mm-hmm.